Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to the LA Football Podcast. Hey, what's going on, Los Angeles? Welcome to the LA Football Show here in the LA Football Network. We are live on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. I am your host, Ryan Dyrud, flying solo today. Thank you, everyone, for taking time out of your busy day to hang out with me, talk all things LA football. Make sure to check out the network, LA Football Network, LAFBnetwork.com. We're everywhere on socials, LAFB Network on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube. We have LAFB Network. We also have the team pages. Chargers LAFB, Rams LAFB, USC and UCLA LAFB, Fantasy Football LAFB. We got you covered in the Southland for everything Los Angeles football. Going to start the show off with your Rams segment, talking all things Los Angeles Rams here. If you're on podcast, uh, this will be only Rams talk. If you're on radio, we will get into some Chargers, some Bruins and Trojans later on in the show. This show... As always, brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Make sure to head to betonline.ag today. Use our promo code Believe. That's B L E A V. Gets you a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Free money for you, folks. You got the NBA playoffs, NBA Finals. Excuse me, Stanley Cup Finals. Great overtime game last night in the Stanley Cup Finals. Florida brings it back to a two-one deficit. Not my Nuggets are up two-one after winning Game Three in Miami. Game. Uh, four, depending on when you're listening to it, but at the time of this recording will be tonight in Miami. See if my Nuggets can get to 3-1 lead or if Miami brings it back. Should be a tight game. My thought with the Nuggets and, and the way Miami just no quit, man, and this isn't a basketball show and I don't pretend to be a basketball exer- expert, this game feels like one where the Nuggets will either blow them out by 20-plus or Miami wins by 2 or 3 at the very end. Uh, you know, I, I don't think it's a mystery out there that the Nuggets are the more talented, the better team. They have arguably one of the best playoff duo performances we've ever seen with Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. Um, they have very solid depth. This is without Michael Porter Jr. playing well at all so far in these finals. He's been basically a non-factor. Christian Brown, though, has stepped up. Um, you know, you got a great defender on the wing and and Aaron Gordon. So overall, I think they're the better team, but something about that Miami team, man, it's the culture of the organization with Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra, the coaching of Eric Spolstra. Doesn't guy does not get enough credit year in and year out. I mean, he's been there. I want to say he's one of the longest tenured NBA coaches, him and Michael Malone with the Nuggets. I mean, NBA, NBA coaches don't last very long. It's like the NFL where, where you get at least like four years to kind of prove yourself three to four years. Then once you've made the playoffs once or twice, you kind of have bought yourself you know, upwards of a decade at times. NBA, it's like you can you can go to the second round of the playoffs and, and you're done the next year, as we saw in Phoenix. So, um, anyway, that's all I'll say about the NBA. Hopefully my Nuggets can get to 3-1. But betonline.ag is where you should go for all your betting needs. Once again, that's promo code is BELIEVE. Gets you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So, talking all things Los Angeles Rams here. And it's been a wild offseason to say the least, for our Rams. Cut ties with every notable player, basically, outside of Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, and Cooper Cup. 
and you could say Rob Havenstein and a few others, but of the big names, those are the last three remaining. Hasn't been any free agent signings like we're used to seeing. No offseason trades. There was a lot of draft trades, trading back, getting themselves a lot of draft picks, draft capital in the late rounds. Signed upwards of, what, almost 30 undrafted free agents. So this is a very youthful team, a very new team. I think, and I think it's breathed a lot of fresh air into the organization, specifically into Sean McVay. You know, it was reported last season and after the season how not only was there some burnout with McVay after the Super Bowl win and the and the pressure and burden of trying to repeat and all the injuries they went through and, and all the, I don't know if drama is the right word, but, you know, all the, just the heavy stuff they had to go through as a team after being the champs to being bottom dwellers, if you will. And so some burnout arose, but I think also Sean McVay stopped having fun coaching the game he loved. I mean, he's been around this game his entire life. Grandfather, um, the late, you know, rest in peace, and and all that stuff. So I think he stopped having fun last year with the surmounting pressures, the injuries, the media scrutiny, the questions of if he's going to retire, his family life, not anything bad there, but just, you know, Anyone that has a family and isn't single knows that that's an important, the most important aspect of your life. And if your job's weighing, you're taking that home with you and all that stuff. And I think this offseason that they kind of just said, we're just going to hit the reset button. Obviously, we're planning for 2024. We believe these moves, we can still be competitive in 2023 because of the landscape of the NFC, because of the landscape of the NFC West specifically. But... At, at minimum, or at most, depending how you look at it, we're going to make these moves to recalibrate us as an organization, refresh us as an organization, and get us back to doing what we love. And obviously, it's a results business. All that really matters is wins and losses. But you can usually perform a lot better when you're enjoying what you do and it's not miserable every day at work. So I think just all these moves, you know, you know, if you like to see guys go, Leonard Floyd and... Jalen Ramsey and and all these big names that the Rams that they cut ties with or trade, but I think the fact that if you bring in all these brand new players, not saying this is then saying anything bad about Jalen Ramsey or Leonard Floyd or that they didn't feel this way, but there is something about fresh rookies that are just hungry and they haven't been here before. It's new. You're back to actually like coaching the basics and fundamentals and and life lessons and. You know, you're not doing that necessarily with vets. Yeah, you're still always coaching. But how much are you really coaching a Jalen Ramsey? Like, you are. You're, you're still talking strategy, X's and O's, do this, do that. But your coaching hat looks a little different. When you have an undrafted free agent from a small school that's now up in Thousand Oaks for the first time on an NFL campus prepping for its first preseason game, your coaching hat's going to look a little different. And I think that can make it a lot of fun. And allows you to get back to why you got into coaching in the first place. So there's been press conferences already where McVay said there's a new 
refreshed identity about this team. He feels refreshed. Matthew Stafford has said many times he feels refreshed and ready. And, and Jamal and I have talked a lot about this. Sometimes it's as simple as when you're the hunted, the defending champs, versus being the hunter. When you're the hunted, it's all this pressure and burden. And, man, if we don't at least make it to the Super Bowl again, this is a bust of a season, which should be your mindset every year anyway. Obviously, this is a results-driven league, as I said. But when that pressure from the outside isn't on you, and everyone can say it. They don't see it from the outside. We're focused within, blah, blah, blah. But you feel it. Like, come on, we're all human beings. You feel it. They go on Twitter. They watch ESPN. They listen to the L.A. football show, right? Like everyone else out there in L.A. So you feel it. Whether you want to admit it or not, you do. We all do. We're all human beings. Some people are better at tuning it out than others. I am not one of those people, <laughs> which is why I'm not a professional athlete. But I think now that they're the hunter, and with all these roster moves, there there's basically zero expectation. Matthew Stafford being 35, coming off the injury that he had. Zero expectation. Which is, I mean, to me, it's shocking. <laughs> we talk all the time, like, the amount of disrespect Matthew Stafford is getting nationally as a quarterback, not even in the entire NFL, but in the NFC, is mind-blowing. I mean, I really have a hard time, and I this is not any bias or anything. I have a real hard time thinking of more than one quarterback I would take in the NFC over Matthew Stafford. I'd probably take Jalen Hurts. And then it's Matthew Stafford. I mean, I like Kirk Cousins. I, 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 I like him better than a lot of people. I'm not taking him over Matthew Stafford. I love Jared Goff's resurgence in Detroit. Obviously, we saw him do some great things here in L.A. He's still beloved by a lot of L.A. Rams fans, as he should be. Led this team to a Super Bowl. I think there's a big story, which maybe I'll bring up here in a minute but about how he's playing even at a higher level in Detroit, which I would probably agree with. I, I love it. I love seeing it. But I'm still taking, for this season, maybe not as, as a longevity of as a career moving forward because of the age difference, but for this season or the next two seasons, I'm still taking Matthew Stafford over Jared Goff. Too much unknown in San Francisco. I'm taking Stafford over Geno Smith. I'm taking Stafford over Dak. I'm taking Stafford over Danny Dimes. I'm taking him over Kyler Murray. Like, who else outside of Jalen Hurts are you taking over Matthew Stafford? I truly don't understand it. And you see all these talking heads and lists and everything about how he's the fifth-rated quarterback in the NFC, the eighth-rated quarterback. I've seen some put him at 10. By Derek Carr and rookies that have never played a snap. Bryce Young may end up being great for the Carolina Panthers. But you, no one out there should, and I know lists are for fun and debate, hence I'm talking about it now, but my big philosophy, the dirude philosophy of player rankings heading into a year, is you can never rank, and we're talking starters, specifically quarterback, you can never rank a rookie above a starting vet, because you haven't seen him play it down. I get it, like in business, we, we do a lot of business based on projections. When you're looking for investment, you look at your what your business is worth, and a lot of that's based on a 5x projection. 
But if we're purely looking at QB rankings heading into a year, I can't take a rookie who's yet to play a down, yet to even have pads on. All they've have in is OTAs and rank him above not only a vet, but a vet that's thrown for 40,000 yards and has a Super Bowl ring. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? Say, see it every year. So I always take, every time I do a quarterback ranking, which probably we'll do here in the next couple of weeks. Why not? It should be fun. We, we keep talking about it. Let's do a whole rankings. Me and Jamal will do that. Maybe we'll get some other some of the other LAFB guys on here to do that because that'd be fun. But every year I, I take my the rookies, put them all at the bottom. You now you can rank those how you want if you think Bryce Young's going to be better than CJ Stroud or Anthony Richardson or whatever. But I hate seeing, like I remember seeing it, was it two years ago when Trevor Lawrence was a rookie? And he's already had a, a great year last year. Tough rookie year. Obviously, we know the situation down there with the coaching issue and, and the culture issue. That's obviously rebounded now with Doug Peterson down there. So Trevor Lawrence is going to be great. Had a great year last year. But going in his rookie year, I saw lists with him ranked in the top 20. Dude's never played it down. I get that he's like the second coming of Andrew Luck or whatever everyone was saying, but come on now. Now we're talking Caleb Williams. I'm going to have him in the top five. That's I'll just be biased about that. USC bias there. <laughs> so, I think the Rams are going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. It's been fun already seeing them at OTAs and, and mini camps. Just the rejuvenation around the organization, around Sean McVay, around Matthew Staff, around Cooper Cup. And speaking of Cooper Cup, and this is what we'll transition to because they, they signed Demarcus Robinson to the roster. Uh, for those that don't know, Marcus Robinson, still young. Excuse me. Only 28 years old. Played pretty much his entire career for Kansas City. Last year was with Baltimore. You know, stats are not mind-blowing. But, you know, the guy averages 400 yards a season. 450 last year. You know, in his his, uh, seasons prior to that in Kansas City. 212, 288, 449, 466, 264. So, I mean, he's a very solid additional role player. I wouldn't call him a weapon, necessarily. 6'1", 202, kind of, you know, jack-of-all-trades type of player. He's not like your burner guy. He's not your exceptional route runner, but he's, he's a solid player. He's an NFL wide receiver. So, you add him to this roster of receivers that I would say is not exceptionally deep with talent, but is deep with solid skill players, if that makes sense. You know, we saw in years past with the Rams where you look at like one through four, five, one through for sure four, maybe even five and six, where you're like, damn, that's a lot of, very talented wide receivers. Right now you have Cooper Cup, obviously, top receiver in the league in my opinion still. Van Jefferson, if healthy, is a solid player. And then after that, it's like, all right, these are guys fighting for jobs. <laughs> it's, it's not a ton of breadth after that. But that's what makes it exciting because someone's going to, some receiver this year is going to steal the hearts of Rams fans. 
absolutely going to steal the hearts of Rams fans. He's going to have a great breakout year. He's going to have a great breakout year. And it's fun to see. This is where Cooper Cup is even better than what he does on the field. And the dude's going to be such a good coach one day. If he doesn't go into coaching, I would be absolutely shocked. I've been at OTA. I was at OTAs last year. I've been at training camp. The guy is a player coach. And so now you have a receiver room that in the past, last year had Allen Robinson, who's a vet. We had Robert Woods, obviously, for all those years. OBJ was in there for a little while, um, et cetera, et cetera. Now you have Cooper Cup. The next closest vet is Van Jefferson, and then a bunch of young dudes. Benny Scrow has been there, I guess, the, the longest as well, going into his uh, third season. Tutu's going into his third season. But still, a lot of young guys then. So Cooper Cup, and you can see it. Look at photos of OTAs that have been posted. Look at what the beat writers are saying. Watch some videos. He is constantly coaching these guys up on the sidelines. Where to be in your break. What your route tree needs to look like. Where your hands need to be coming out of the break. At the line of scrimmage. So it's fun watching that, getting him going. Now, it's going to be really interesting to see who seizes that coaching from the greatest receiver in football right now. I'll keep saying it. Cooper Cup is still the best receiver in football, if fully healthy. But again, you got Coop, you got Van, and then in my opinion, it is wide open. I think Benny Sko obviously gives you a lot of versatility. But he's kind of that, and I, it sounds so bad to say, but he's kind of that jack-of-all-trades, master of none. You can line him up outside, you can line up in the slot, you can line him up at tight end, you can line him up at fullback, which is great. And sometimes that ability or that um, versatility is your best ability. But he doesn't push the envelope on any of those one things. So if someone like a Demarcus Robinson, like a Tyler Johnson, like a Puka Nakua, who's been having a great spring session, can become better at one of those things, we might see Benny Scro as like the odd man out, which is crazy to say. Because at one point last year, he was basically number two. At one, I think he was number one last year at one point due to injury. Wide receiver one. Currently right now, again, it's it's wide open, but you look at anyone's like written, penciled in depth chart, he's probably wide receiver three. I would not be shocked if in the training camp we see Coop, we see Van, we see Puka Nakua, we see Tyler Johnson, we see Demarcus Robinson. And then it's between 2-2 and Benny Scrow for that last spot. If we're keeping six. I like Puka Nakua coming out. I thought it was a solid pick. His biggest issue, like a lot of these Rams players we talk about all the time, is he has some injury history. But if healthy, the dude can play. He's getting rave reviews in camp. So it's going to be really fascinating to see, and it's going to be really fun to see which receiver is going to steal the hearts of Ram fan. One thing before we wrap up Rams talk and go to break on radio is Dalvin Cook. Just released officially today. They were looking for a a trade partner, but officially released by the Minnesota Vikings. I don't think the Rams will go after him. A, it would have to be an extremely backloaded contract, and that kind of defeats what they're trying to do next year by creating a ton of cap space. They have $1.4 million in cap space this year. So unless they go to him and say, hey, we'll give you a million this year and backload you seven-plus million for the next three years. 
but then that hurts into their cap next year, which they're going to want to do. Two, ever since Todd Gurley, the Rams have, at the running back position, have drafted and replaced. They haven't re-signed anyone. Draft the next year. Draft another guy the next year. Draft another guy this year. Draft another guy. And they kind of just, once the first guy's contract expires, the next year's draft becomes a starter. So we'll see what they do with Cam Akers. Hasn't been resigned yet. But I would be shocked if they go and sign Dalvin Cook, vet running back with some injury history, when they've clearly gone on this path of we're just going to draft at that position and just keep replacing and not re-signing and spending money because we learned, unfortunately, from the Todd Gurley situation that as much as we love Todd Gurley, as great as he was for some of those years, it's just not a position that's smart to allocate a ton of money towards. So I'll just end it with that. Can't see the Rams going after Dalvin Cook. I think this roster you see right now is basically going to be the roster. And there's been talk about going after maybe another edge rusher, Daniel Hunter, um, Chase Young, potential trade for the Commanders. Unless you're going to get really good value because of what the Rams are trying to do in 2024, I don't think they make any moves. And this is what we see for the Rams in 2023 moving forward. So all the time we got for Rams talk. Thank you, everyone, on podcast radio. We'll be back back after the break. This is the LA Football Show. I'm Ryan Diver. You're listening to the LA Football Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.